weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 24 is here, Season 2. Thank you all for listening and being a part of something special here at Channel 1450. For those who are new, this is me talking about the games I saw in the past week, then talking about what's coming up on Channel 1450 in the next week, and what games to watch for. And then we have a special guest every week. This is 76 straight weeks of local sports talk. And we get a special appearance this week to kick things off with Nick Broker from Old Miss, one of the best linemen in the country. And thanks to Andrew Harvey of Country Financial, we get the chance to check in every other week to talk all things football. Here is Nick Broker. Welcome back to another edition of Six Minutes with Sauce. It's a chance to talk to Nick Broker from Old Miss. Thanks to Andrew Harvey of Country Financial, your local country financial agent here in Springfield. Nick, let's start here. The Kent Hall Trophy winner. What does that mean to you, and how special is that? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge honor. Um, it's a really cool thing to be a part of, you know, looking at the past winners and the list of people, so it's a really cool honor. What kind of company does this put you in? Uh, it puts me in pretty good company, I'd say. I mean, Charles Cross won it last year. Royce has won it. Uh, Tunsil's won it. So, I mean, there's definitely a good group of names. In your list of accomplishments in your athletic career, where does this one rank? Um, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I really thought about it. As this time of year comes around, I mean, obviously these awards kind of come in, and you know, ultimately you're a team guy. But does this kind of validate all the hard work that you've put in in the last 10, 15, 20 years? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's cool to win things like that. Uh, definitely, you know, selfishly something you kind of strive for. As we look ahead to the rest of your college career, um, one game left. What does what does that mean for you? It means a lot. I mean, it'll be really bittersweet to kind of play that last game and uh, play a final bowl game. How weird is it going to be to put on that that rebel uniform one more time? It'll be a really strange feeling. Definitely, definitely. To say that you get that opportunity one more time. Um, I know we've talked about it, but just allowing yourself to understand how, how blessed you are, has that kind of sunk in? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been really fortunate to be put in a situation like this and play for a school like Ole Miss. Um, not that this is, you know, breaking news by any means, but um, you have to ask at this point with, with the day and age that it is, you are going to play in the bowl game, correct? Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> in this day and age of college, um, some of those people aren't making that decision. So do you see both sides of that situation? Yeah, 100%. If guys, if guys choose not to play, obviously, I mean, you, you got to you know respect it. Um, you see it a lot. It's definitely become more common these days, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of something almost to be expected in a way. As we look at the bowl game now, and we have you know a couple weeks before that, how do you... Um, not only mentally, but physically prepare for that, knowing that it is your last college game. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a tricky deal preparing for the bowl games just because you're so accustomed to preparing for games on in a week that when you get, I mean, at this point, we don't play till the 28th, so we're looking at 22, what is it, six? We have 22 days. So um, it, it's kind of a lot but at the same time you know it's great for us to practice especially for some of those younger guys when we get it's almost like having another spring ball another camp so it's really great for us to kind of you know lock in especially early on on just technique and just getting better rather than you know having just as trust the you know, 
the game planet. Now, obviously for Ole Miss, this wasn't the, the ultimate goal was, you know, not to play on December 28th, but um, for, you know, fan bases where you're from, like Illinois, they're they're just overjoyed to be in a bowl game. Do, do you kind of, you know, not necessarily understand, but the, the expectation in Ole Miss is different, but um, to get to play a bowl game, like you said, it's something special, not only for the players and the coaches, but for the program as a whole to get that extra time to build and, and build chemistry and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, I don't think any of us are, you know, we're obviously excited to play in a bowl game. Um, I think at the end of the day, I think preseason goals, you know, we were really wanting to be in that playoff conversation in New Year's Six Bowl. And, um, you know, that's just not really how the cards fall for us. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're excited to be in Houston and play another good team. As you look at, as we talk about, I mean, this whole time we've talked about um, this is your last college game. So, have you given any thought or looked looked ahead to what the options are for the NFL? Not really. I try not to focus on that right now. You know, um, trying to get through finals week, <laughs> get ready for Texas Tech, and then once that once that game ends, you know, um, full steam ahead through you know Senior Bowl, Combine, all of that. I want to ask you a question um, about as you kind of grew up and you know through the high school and college level um your brother had the chance to play in college and as an older brother what did you kind of learn from jack and and how did he kind of help you because obviously college football as a landscape changes so much year to year but um what what about jack playing in college kind of helped you out yeah i mean it was huge having him just because you know he's not that much older than me so like when i was a freshman it was still really similar to what he was a part of, and uh, you know, just kind of. I think a lot of what he, he taught me was just kind of the work that you have to put into it. I think that was kind of the main thing. Um, so having him and just someone that you can kind of bounce off because he knows so much about football, it was great to have him. You know, kind of, you know, kind of have an idea about what to expect before I already got there, not really have to learn some of the ropes. And on that same note, um, going to Ole Miss and having the guys that you're around and have been around the last four years. Um, can that kind of help you as you prepare for the next level? Guys like Royce, who I know you're good friends with, have already went through it and kind of learned the ropes of not only the NFL, but you know what it takes to make that leap at the next level. Um, how, how much do you feel like you're prepared for that when that time comes? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, I'm really close with Royce. The guys like Chance Campbell, Elijah Moore, Matt Corral, Snoop. Um, guys I'm really close with. You know, those are great guys to have. You know, coaches here. I've had plenty of coaches that have played NFL, coached the NFL. You know, helped other guys like myself go through it. So, from that standpoint, you know, uh, definitely got people that you know are in my corner that can help me out. All right, man. That's six minutes. I appreciate it. Um, if you're cool with it, we'll just skip the two weeks ahead to um, not do it the week you play the bowl game, and then we'll do it the week after, just so that we can kind of touch base with everything going on and, and give you a chance to enjoy your Christmas a little bit, if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's perfectly good with me. Awesome. Good luck in the bowl game, and, uh, you know, try to enjoy it and have some fun. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks to Nick for his time, and, of course, to Andrew Harvey for helping us out. For all your insurance needs, there is no one better than Andrew Harvey of Country Financial. Now, let's get to what I saw in the past week. Last Thursday, got to see some wrestling. The Glenwood Titans pick up two wins on their way to defending their CSA title. The Glenwood Titans have... Drew Davis at 113, the returning state champion. Alex Hamrick at 220 is ranked number one, fresh off a couple third-place finishes at state. 
Thomas Van Sasek is number 6 at 126. Aiden Bile is number 7 at 152. Kale Blankenship is number 8 at 106. Jaden Lee, number 9 at 220. And a couple of honorable mentions in Ben Maduina and Brandon Bray. That was our rankings according to, I think, Illini Matman. Either way, state rankings based on their weight classes and where they're at. That's a lot of talent on the roster for the Glenwood Titans. Then I got to see probably the best wrestler in the area from Auburn, Joey Rusick. And the Trojans get a couple nice wins over Mount Zion and Tremont. On Friday, I got to talk to Seth Hill about his resignation from being the head coach at New Berlin Football. So the pretzels are looking for a new football head coach. Friday night, the SHG Cyclones hosted Q&D. They pick up their second running clock win over the Raiders in their home opener. On Saturday at the showcase, what did we see? Calvary is another great 1A team. Surprise, surprise. No, they're, they're, always, they're always a solid 1A team. They take Damarell Forsyth in the first game. New Berlin then beats Metro East for another quality win early in the season for Blake Lucas and the boys. Glenwood handles business defensively against Rochester. Jacksonville edges Eisenhower for a good win for the Crimson's. MacArthur looks very, very good against what I think is a pretty good team in Uhi. The Pioneers will compete in the CS8 and especially at the 2A level. Watch out for Uhi. Southeast then beats Springfield in a close one, and then SHG takes care of Lamphier. Kind of what we expected on Saturday. I think SHG and MacArthur are the two big guns in the CSA with the group of Lanfair, Southeast, U-High, Glenwood, and all them right behind them. This week on Tuesday night, got to see Sacred Heart Griffin take care of business on the road in conference against Springfield High. Jake Hamilton outscores the Senators by himself through three quarters. The Cyclones are on another level. MacArthur might be there. I'm not entirely convinced that they can beat SHG until they actually do it, but the Generals are going to give them a couple good games at least. Lanfear holds off Southeast in a great city matchup on Tuesday night. And on the girls' side, the Senators get a big, important win over SHG on the road. Looks like Rochester is the team to beat in the CS8 on the girls' side of things so far. So what's coming up on Channel 1450? On Thursday night, we will have highlights from Quincy Notre Dame in town to take on Sacred Heart Griffin. On the girls' side, and then Lincoln, who is 9-0 to start the season, has one of the best players in the state, Chloe Froby. They will be at Taylorville. Highlights of those two games on Channel 1450 Thursday night. On Friday night, a few CS8 games on tap. We will have Lamphere at Springfield, Southeast at SHG, and U-High at Glenwood. All boys action on Friday night. On Saturday, we have highlights from Lamphere at Springfield High Girls, and I will be out in Petersburg to see some wrestling. Auburn, SHG, and the Blue Jays are usually there for that big wrestling tournament. Good chance to see everybody early in the year in a tournament fashion. Next Monday, we'll have SHG at Southeast Girls Basketball and U-High at Pleasant Plains Girls Hoops as well. Next Tuesday, it's SHG at Rochester Boys and Girls Doubleheader and Glenwood at Lamphere Boys Basketball. Finally, next Thursday, we'll have Plains at Olympia Girls and some wrestling at Riverton. Now, let's get to this week's guest. It's time. I had a great conversation with Auburn boys basketball head coach Seth McCoy. Let's get to talking with the coach of the Trojans. I'd like to welcome in Coach McCoy to the podcast this week because not only have we haven't had a chance to see you guys yet this year, but we also are celebrating 100 wins for you, so congratulations yeah. on that. First of all, how does that feel to say you know you reached that milestone? Uh, yeah, thank you, first off. Um, it's cool. Um but I'm not. Uh, we had. A, I got a little surprise at the Carlinville game. There was a bunch of fans holding up signs and all that stuff. And although that that's a little bit much for me uh, per se, but it was really neat and really cool. And um, it's just a culmination of being in the right spot and uh, having a lot of good kids and great assistant coaches and you know guys that I learned from that you know. The, Todd Blakeman's and the Pat Moomies and the Dan Works and David Hayes and those guys 
it's a lot of combination of learning from really good people and being in a good situation. And it's all uh, kind of working out pretty good. Just to follow up on that, you mentioned guys like Pat Mooney and talk about a hundred. Yeah. He's at like oh, he was at almost nine hundred. Obviously, yeah. it's a different sport, but yeah. um, how fast does that hundred go? I mean, in a situation like this, yeah, it kind of snuck up on me to be honest. Um, uh, you know, this is getting ready to be year six for us, and a lot of people look at twenty wins to be you know a, a, a good standard of a good a good season, and uh, we've piled a few of those here early. Um, so it kind of caught up to me a little bit quick, um, but uh, I don't know. Like I've been telling the guys, they were all excited in the locker room. I'm like, I'm worried about 101, and we got 101. Now I'm worried about 102. Like, yeah. we're just worried about the next thing ahead of us, and it's more about, you know, I tell I tell our guys a lot. You know, I could, you know, hopefully nothing happens, but something could happen. You, you got to step away from it or something happened. You can't do it. They're still the kids playing the games. They're yeah. still the kids representing uh, the community and, and putting in all the work. So uh, we're just there trying to steer the ship in the right direction. I feel like once you get to 100, you, you, I mean, like you said, the, the goal is 20 every year, and, you know, you consider that yeah. a sort of accomplishment. Yeah. Um, but like you said, when, when you get to that certain point, it's like, okay, the program has to be established, and then those wins just kind of come with yeah. it. Um, yeah. How do you kind of set that up? How did you kind of set that up for yourself, knowing – okay, I need to get to this point in a program to kind of understand, okay, I'm comfortable with yeah. those 20 wins. Yeah, I think what it all started with just, like I said, being around, you know, great coaches to learn from, and then just being in a situation like here at Auburn where they love their sports, and you're working with a great athletic director and great coaches around you. Um, and then we just kind of came in, and I, I stole Coach O'Rourke. He's been my right-hand man forever. I mean, he's... I mean, he got offered a head coaching job a couple of years ago, and he he turned it. He, we wanted to build something that's that's long withstanding, and and uh, try to build a culture that expects to win. And you know, when we first got in, you know, we looked, you know, that we hang banners in our gym for twenty wins, and that's where we started. We're like, we just we want to get a banner season, and you know, we had seventeen the first year, and then we got it the second year, and it's like, all right, well, now that's the expectation. You know, we want to we want to play in championship games and win a championship game, and it took us until last year we hadn't won a championship in anything, uh, conference, Waverly, count any of those, um, until we finally pulled off a regional last year, and and I now I think that 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 expectation of twenty is just there, mm-hmm. um, and now it's we want to play in championship games, um, and we went and got in a turkey tournament this year for the first time ever yeah. <laughs> here, yeah. and. Uh, you know, we told the kids we got an opportunity to play in a championship game every month. You know, November, Turkey Tournament, December, Waverly, January, County, you know, February, Conference, March, Regionals, and so on. So yeah. we want to put ourselves in an opportunity to be in those games, and you can't win them unless you're in them. So that's kind of where we're at. <clears throat> Talking about those expectations, I want to go back to that, but I first want to hit on something you mentioned about having a good assistant and yeah. having – um, that sort of stabilization. Yeah. Um, obviously, you understand that coming from Blakeman and coming from Glenwood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I talked to a coach last week um, just about building a program and building that expectation of the head coach has certain responsibilities that like people don't quite understand or mm-hmm. don't see what you have to do. So in order to have a good program, no matter what sport it is, you have to have not only one or two, like at least one good assistant yeah. that can be a head coach. 
um, that that has that opportunity or has been in that situation. Right. And you know, football is obviously a, a bigger scale, but. Um, you look at Ken Leonard and how many different mm-hmm. head coaches he has. Derek Leonard, how many different head coaches he has underneath him. And, like, obviously you have a great relationship with Kevin, but yeah. at the same time, you have to be able to work together yes. and, and have the same common goal. How do you feel like that kind of came about for you? Yeah, well, uh, Kevin and I, uh, he started working as a fresh soft coach when I was doing JV at, at Glenwood. And, you know, when I got offered the job here, I hung up the phone and I immediately called him because I knew – we just have a good connection working with each other and we're similar minded, but we're not so much that we're not going to challenge each other on things and try to push each other to be better. And it is, it is crucial. You know, I remember when I was at Chatham as a JV coach, my relationship with the players was completely different than what coach Blakeman's was, mm-hmm. you know, because you're the head guy, it you has know, to be. it yeah. has to be. Yeah. And you can talk to those kids on different levels. Um, where I think Kev's in that role now, you know, he can, he can communicate with those guys and have a little bit different relationship than I do as a head guy. And I think that's extremely valuable. I mean, you look here at our own school, I mean, how many car liquor with Bates forever. And then, and then the guys that are here now, yeah. all on that staff. And they, you got to have guys that you trust guys that, you know, have the ability or skill level to be a head coach, like if they wanted to, um, but are dedicated to building the program the right way. Um, and I mean, talk about the 100 wins he, that's the first guy I give a hug and handshake <laughs> to because and I told him that you know it, it, ain't, it ain't me man it's it's us and you know coach Gardner when I first got here did our fresh soft and coach McNeil and Ben Ladges all the way down to our junior high guys Marcelli and John Barth and James Dombacher and uh you know Craig Fuchs that I you know I pulled from Chatham to do sixth grade and you know all those guys are crucial parts of it I mean this is not a one you can't do this by yourself if you try to you're going to be done in a hurry yeah. Um, but I, I've been fortunate. Um, and not only those guys, but then you got also got to have a family that allows you to spend the hours you do doing this yeah. thing. And, I, and, and and I've got a big family, and they're busy doing their stuff. My wife's super busy, but, I mean, they, they get it. They're, they're in this for the long haul, too, so it's kind of cool. When you go from being a, an assistant, like you said, with, under Blakeman to being a head coach, um, how long did it take you to understand – that dynamic that you have to have with your assistant coaches versus the relationship that you had with Blakeman. Yeah, I think I got a pretty good taste of that while I was there. Just because it, we joke about it now that you know I meet up with those guys and we just reminisce and stuff. Now that Todd's done, and um, it used to be kind of funny. You know, I'd, I'd have an idea about something and I'd say it to Pat on the bench, and he'd either shut it down and be like, <laughs> "I'm gonna go tell Todd," and yeah. then Todd would be either shut it down and be like, "You know, let's go," and it's. <laughs> It's kind of that just uh, normal, that, that natural pecking order of things. But um, if you're all there for the common goal of getting the kids to be, getting the most out of the kids, getting them prepared to compete on a nightly basis and build, build it up the right way, um, you allow yourselves to push each other and push buttons to get the best out of us. Um, and so to, just seeing that firsthand. And then we come here and it's, you know, you're always – you always think you're ready to be the head coach, and it's it's a different until you're in the seat, you know. Um, I Honestly, when this job first opened two years prior to I got it, I looked at it, and Todd and, and, and Pat kind of mentioned it, and I personally did not feel I was ready. And they're yeah. like, no, dude, you're no. – I'm like, I don't – I'm okay where I'm at right now. I'm not – I wasn't a guy that was like, I've got to be the head coach right now and, you know, that kind of deal. Um, I I wanted to learn as much as possible to be equipped to handle it. And then when you get in it, it, it is, it's, 
you got to handle your assistant coaches and you want them to continue to grow you know you want to you want to open the door for them to feel comfortable to grow as coaches um and you know that's a little bit different dynamic you know you come in the first year and you want to put in the culture but you at the same time you got to let those guys sprout their wings too and 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 get good at what they're doing and find their little niche um so i i just think i was pretty blessed to be able to see that and be a part of that firsthand and now that going into my own you know program i'm able to to manage that a little better at what age did you know that you wanted to be a coach so I'm probably got a weird backline than most people. I didn't start playing basketball until I was a sophomore in high school. Like I was a football kid, um, and you know, and then it then it became. I started playing, and it, I was getting better a lot faster than I was in football. You know, yeah. I kind of topped out, and so it became really enticing to me. Um, and then you know, after I got to play in college a little bit, I started thinking, you know, I think I can I can do this. Um, but then I always question, well, do I, do I know enough? Cause I'm just new to the game. Like yeah. I, my whole life hasn't been this, but I think that's actually helped me because, um, I fell in love with the game a lot later, um, and a lot more mature and a lot, so I could pick up things and learn things a lot quicker. Um, so then when I got out of college and my wife was going down to SIU, um, in medical school, kind of talked about, you know, I want to be a teacher, but I, I want to coach, you know, and, um, and you know, I can't say it enough. I was fortunate to land where I landed with the, the guys I got to learn from. I mean, they completely helped shape me into who I am, both, you know, on the court, but just, you know, as a family man and everything. And um, But I think I knew about halfway through college that I, you know, I think this is the route I want to go when I'm done playing. So, And then when you say, okay, so you – you're playing in college, and at that level, you, you have an understanding, and you know you. I'm not going to say the word ego, but at the same time, you understand that. I mean, playing in college is a privilege. That's yeah. you've you've reached a pretty high bar that not a lot of people get to that point. Sure. Um, how do you make the transition from playing at the college level to saying, okay, I have to start basically freshman level, yeah, high school to be a coach and. How is that dynamic uh, for sure? Yeah, well, like fortunate, fortunate for me, I guess, or however you want to look at it, I was never necessarily a big-time player, per se. You know, I, I I was good enough to go play in college, but I always kind of served as like a kind of a glue guy, role guy kind of, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think that helped me. You know, there was definitely no ego when I went into this thing or anything, and I think that kind of helped me um, – Understand that you've got to work your way up, you know. Because I, I, when I went into college, it wasn't just hey, you're here, here's your jersey, go get your thirty minutes or whatever, you know. It was you got to earn spots, and and that's life too, right? You don't you usually don't start start the head of the company necessarily, and um, so I, I think I think that really kind of helped me understand that it's a process. I don't want to rush it, you know. I've got to go through all the steps to prepare myself to get ready to be a head coach. I want to be there, but if I jump in it too quick and I'm in a bad situation, my coaching career could be done like right. that. Um, so Auburn was the right fit, the right time. It all just kind of came together as, as you know, big guy above has a plan for everything we believe in. And, and I think everything kind of just came together at the right time. So, What do you have to learn about coaching that you can't do, learn until you actually do it? Yeah, I think um, 
you know, every every player is motivated differently. They might not be motivated the way you were motivated as a player. Um, and then just dealing, as a, especially as a head coach, you know, communicating with parents about certain issues. I mean, these are, these are their sons that they want the absolute best for, and some situations don't necessarily work out that way. And and you know, trying to communicate with them, and then the other part of it is is just what you're trying to provide for the community. You're putting a face on for the community. You're representing the people that live in your town, and you want your boys to represent that the right way. Um, so it, there's way more than the X's and O's. The X's and O's, while they're important, are are I wouldn't say minimal, but you know, there's there's a lot more important things than just the X's and O's about about everything and. I think you know that's that's one thing. Unless you unless you get into that head coaching spot and you've got you're it, you got to answer the bell for everything that goes good and bad and ugly or what whatever. Um, unless you're in that seat, you don't quite know what that feels like. But um, like I said I felt like I was prepped, and I think my personality and just my work ethic on everything and my outlook on everything is 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 uh, helped me uh, be successful. So. What's the biggest difference from coaching basketball in Chatham to coaching basketball in Auburn? Um, I, you know, I initially my gut probably says expectations, but I think we've gotten to the point here now. Our expectation is to win, and that's the expectation when we got hired. Um, you know, I, I think people um, and just the the size of the school. You know, there's there's a lot less people involved at this size of school as there is there. You know, you got you're making cuts and you're making all this, you know, all these decisions and you get you how much uh, you know their talent pool is. Um, you know, you got all kinds of athletes walking the halls in that building, and not that we don't hear, but uh, it's just a different dynamic. But I think, but I think the basketball is very similar. Um, you got hard-nosed kids that are good kids that uh, that want to win, um, and you got a fan base that is passionate about their sports. I mean, uh, both levels. I think I you're mean, underselling that a little bit. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, both these both these schools just. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. uh, this is what they live for is their, their athletics, and um, so you know, I think that's the the biggest difference there is just just the amount of. Uh, people that are involved, whether it's parents are involved or just kids in general that you have to manage, um, or the amount of coaches, or you know, they're, you know, I remember when Kevin was a fresh soft coach there, you know, they're they're practicing at six to eight at night, and we all practice together. Yeah, you know, we don't we don't, it's all one one unit, one family down here. We don't have to mix up practices because of gym space, and um, so those those are things. But all in all, it's two passionate. Uh, communities that want to see their sports teams do well. How similar is your coaching style and philosophy to Blakeman's? That's a good question. Um, I, I think, in terms of what matters and the the pillars per se of your program, they're very similar. Uh, you want disciplined, tough kids that do it the right way, um, that do it for each other, um, that are bought into working their tails off all the time. And the mental and the physical toughness part of it that he preached, we try to preach. Um, now, X's and O's, um, similar in terms of we want to we build defensive first. Um, but I think we've, even myself, you know, 
we've kind of branched off a little bit. Um, that's still our core of what we want to do. We want to single-digit quarters and under 45, you know, all those things. Um, but offensively and defensively, we've kind of branched just a little bit farther out. Um, but you also look at the scenario, uh, you know, Central State 8 is is, is unreal. <laughs> I try to tell other coaches, you know, Cody Cody got his taste of it, you know, and, and he's doing really well, but they want it. That's one of the biggest questions I get. What's the difference between saying once and I, I mean, they're both. I mean, absolute dogfights every night. But the but the level of basketball is unbelievable. Um, and to be, he needed to play that style. You know, yeah. we were going to out athlete everybody every night. Yeah. Uh, we're some out nights here. At we can out athlete people. You know, so we we got to change a little bit what we what we do. Um, but it's still the core of defensive first. We're taking good, smart decisions on, you know, sharing the ball offensively, um, trying to play towards our strengths offensively, but a very team-oriented game offensively. Um, and then we want to shut you down on the other end. So, um, but but trying to get that tenacity and that toughness that Todd's all about, that's, that's what we're about too. Did your talent, your role in college and high school, um, did that – help you in this philosophy in terms of defense first and you know because like you talk about the athletes and having you know a basketball team or a basketball player you can have all the talent but you have to buy into a defense otherwise it doesn't yeah, matter a hundred percent um and i kind of had to be that kind of role guy for a little bit um you know and we were a little bit different we you know we played like one three one and did some other things but it was it was still my role was to be a defender and rebound and run the floor and do those things. And then in college especially, um, I wasn't necessarily the most offensively gifted uh, person, but I was a 6'4", rangy athlete that was tough-nosed and uh, didn't really care about scoring that much and wanted to bust my butt. And I think that does – I think Landon coming from college where that was kind of my role and then Landon with Todd and his philosophy yeah. – just, just help mine just blossom to like, all right, this this is what you can be as a coach. You yeah. can be that type of guy um, and still be able to, you know, coach kids that are skilled offensively and, and things like that. So, yeah, it definitely did help. Because not everyone is Peyton Allen level talent. <laughs> right. Uh, in terms of shooters. And yeah, yeah. He, like he, was, so. he was special. He was special. <laughs> um, and, and so on that same note, you know, when you have kids who maybe aren't that great of shooters or whatever, how do you make sure to, to under, get them to understand that you can still be a, a key role player, a key part of this team, a a person that gets a ton of minutes by doing things that don't show up on our highlights necessarily yeah, all the yeah. time? Yeah, you know, I think a couple of things we've talked about our guys in the in the past is you know, you ask everybody like how many minutes should you play, and then you know they give you well Johnny should play this many, Billy should play this many. And then you count them up, and it's like 400 minutes. And, guys, there's not that many minutes in a game, you know. And have them just understand the impact that they can make in, in limited minutes. Or, you know, the other thing we talk about, too, is, you know, our guys that have probably been – you talk about usage of a player on the court. Um, you know, the amount of time that the ball is actually in someone's hand over 32 minutes – is fairly small. Yeah. Um, so what are you going to do to impact the game besides that? And maybe maybe while that ball's in your hands, that's not the best skill set. But 
the majority of the time people are playing without the ball in their hand and you can be a huge factor to what we're doing. And every good, every great team has guys that buy into those roles. Um, and, you know, I think we try to put those kids, I don't, I don't know necessarily up on a pedestal, but we want to acknowledge those kids in practice and their effort um, and in the games, um, whether it's you're coming in for four minutes, you bust your butt, you go get two offensive rebounds, it gives us a possession mm-hmm. that ends up, you know, being the possession. Once that stuff matters. Um, and we've got some kids that are that are starting to buy into that uh, this year. That are and every year it changes, right? Every year your role changes um, based on uh, the kids you got. But um, you know, and then for me being a player that was kind of like that, I'm like, it, I know it's important because yeah. I was that guy kind of deal. Um, so I think just trying to trying to let them understand and put an emphasis on the importance of everybody. Yeah. Every, I mean, we got. 30 guys on our on our team right now from top to bottom all 30 are important our two managers are important our three coaches are important like everybody has a job to do to make us good and you you could have you know seven or eight of those guys who buy in and completely hustle to the max mm-hmm. um but you still have to have you still have to have a way to put the ball in the basket yes um how much how much do you think that like even in the last you know since you've been here at auburn like the game of basketball has changed because kids are growing up watching Steph Curry and think that that's just happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Some people do. My, my 11 year old son <laughs> is one of them, you know, he just thinks he step back is the first shot you should ever shoot in a game. But, uh, but no, you, you still have to have those guys and it's become very, I don't know, perimeter oriented game. But we, we also, even when we first got here, we put an emphasis on skill development. And I, I say to my little kids camps all the time that we run and, Saturday morning basketball. I don't care if you're six ten or five ten. You got to be able to dribble, pass, and shoot. You know, you got to get your skills to a level where uh, you can do a, a multifaceted of things. And then, based on your know, your athleticism, your height, and everything, we'll put you in spots to make you successful. Um, so we spend a ton of time on skill development here, and I think it's we spend a ton of time on shooting too. Um, you know, <laughs> you know. We, we just talked about this on the bus ride over uh, to Tri-City the other night. You know, we talked about going back to our practices and how they're structured at Glenwood and everything. And, you know, you know, if you want to be good at shooting, you got to shoot the ball a lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to spend time doing it. And, and sometimes as coach, and I've gotten better at this. And this is, this is a, another thing where you got to have a great relationship with your assistant coach. Kevin's been pushing that a lot. We got to shoot more. We got to shoot more in practice. Like, yeah, you want, we want to run these plays to a T and we want to be, you know, defense. But we got we got to put the ball in the basket too, right. and and the more kids you got to shoot the ball, the easier it's going to be to put the ball in the basket. So we got to spend time on our skill development and spend time on shooting the ball and getting game shots and all that stuff. So I think that's one thing we talk about how we've evolved from uh, Glenwood. I think we spend a little bit more time on the offensive side in practice than we do. Um, I mean, defensively is still we still have core defensive segments in practice, but. We spent a lot of time on trying to develop the player offensively. I've heard – I've never actually asked him this, but, I, I mean, I will someday. I've heard rumors on, you know, how many shots the Lincoln kids have to get up for Neil. <laughs> and yeah. in terms of, you know, a program, a system, an understanding of defense to offense and yeah. making shots, I mean, you talk about Pat Mooney and his 900. Neil's right there in terms of go. Yes, oh, go. yes. And so, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, shooting, you know, Steph Curry didn't just fall into that talent. No, he, no. You have to, like you said, you have to practice those years shots. of reps and time in the gym and dedication to it. Um, and 
we we've had we've been blessed with some good shooters here since since we've got here. Um, but I also think if you look kind of if you took like a broad view of kind of you know I get a couple coaches beer text me like yeah it looks like the Trojans could shoot it again this year you know and it's but we put an emphasis on it and that's the reason <laughs> Lincoln shoots it the way they do <laughs> they put an emphasis yeah. on it and he is he's one of the best all time you know talk about guys to get to learn from just competing with I mean those. You know, Lincoln Glenwood week practice. Oh, oh my God, take me back. You know, <laughs> right? I mean, put me in, put me in the coach's office with those guys again, and the amount of respect between each other. But you knew it was you make one mistake, it could be the game. Yeah, I one mean, shot can win the one, game. I mean, know? it's it's it was unbelievable. Um, yeah, take me back. Those those were great <laughs> times to learn from. But but yeah, it's um, you know, Todd always says you're gonna you're gonna get what you allow out of kids, um, and on the flip side of that. You better demand your, you know, a lot from kids because kids are capable of more than they even know or think they're capable of. Yeah. So you got to demand that out of them um, to, for them to put the work in to, to become great players. The being at all, I mean, you talked about the differences from Chatham to Auburn and um, being a two A program, being in the Sagamo, being Auburn. You have to have kids that play multiple sports. Oh, and yeah. walking through these halls, there's there's state champions. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like you know, you're just trying to find multi-sport athletes. Yeah. There's wrestlers that win state titles yeah. here. There's track kids that win state yeah. titles here. There's obviously football kids who are going to play at the next level. Um, how do you balance the the team aspect of getting guys that are really good at basketball and also pure athletes that you need both? Yeah, I think there's never been a question. We've all, since we got we wanted to push everybody to play football. Everybody play everything. We want we want every kid here. You only get to do this for four years, so go play everything and go go help. Whether you're just an athlete or you're one of the dudes in that sport, go be a part of it to make that team successful. Like you're talking about, buy into those roles. And and I think one thing that playing those multiple sports, especially at small schools, does, you might be the guy in football, but then you come in and you've got to be that glue guy. And it allows you when you're that glue guy to understand and respect the guys that are glue guys when you turn around and play football again. And then on the flip flip side, it helps you become a little bit more humble as, a, as an athlete too. And you got to have both of those guys. I mean, you look, like you're saying, we've won a lot of games. There's been state titles here. You look at, you look at winter, you look at what Matt's doing and we're doing it at the same time from a small school right. is kind of, a, kind of incredible, right? Not everybody can, uh, you know, have two really good, successful programs at the same time, but we have an understanding that we try to get every kid that's walking this hallways out, and we're going to try to get you uh, as good as we can within our sport and use you as as we see fit to help us win games. And um, you know, I I just try to emphasize a lot with our guys. You, you, this four years goes fast, man. It goes. I can't believe this is the sixth year I've been in Auburn. It feels like I was just at Chatham, you know, watching Peyton hit the game winner against Lincoln like two years ago. And it goes fast, so enjoy it. And and you're going to look back thinking, man, I wish I should have done that. I should have played this. And um, but but do it and be, help the, help the school as a whole uh, advance and, and put us in an opportunity. To, but no matter what sport it is, we can go in and we compete day in and day out, and we can compete for titles and and represent our community the right way. So. And that's the sports side of it. The other side of it is, as you understand, like you said, you were a football player, basketball player. Um, when when you get out of high school, you get out of college, 
you have to do multiple things at once. Yes. <laughs> being a dad, being a coach, having yep. a job, all these things. Yes. Um, to where being a multi-sport athlete, I mean, you have to deal with everything yes. along with school, and that that's only going to be a life lesson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sports is the. You want to learn anything about life? Go play sports. I mean, it's it. it that's what it is. Uh, adversities, the camaraderie, the teammate, teammates, the the communication, the, the whole balancing and homework and and practice and all that. That's just life. That's like you know, you got little ones. I got little ones. You you try to do all these things, and sports helps prepare you uh, for that. Uh, probably better than better than anything. Um, and you know, there's some situations that happen where kids can't you know certain home situations they got to work you know these things but you know i we try to just encourage i think this is this is as a whole i mean ryan and and matt and tommy and we all work very well together um and we all have that same mindset you know if if johnny says he's given up you know whatever sport for this it might not be my sport but i'm gonna go have a talk to johnny being like what are you doing? Yeah, you know, I, I might not benefit you, but you need to go play that sport, right? Because um, you need to be doing something, um, and I think that's kind of it, it's hard for kids to hide walking the halls here at Auburn yeah. and not have a coach being like, "Why aren't you? Why aren't you doing right. something?" You know, um, because we understand all of us having gone through it, we understand how much that has helped us become good dads and and good workers and great husbands um, along the way. So it's 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 crucial. And there's, there's always exceptions to that rule, and I think uh, I think there's obviously one here with Joey, <laughs> being, yeah. being as good as he is. Like maybe not, maybe don't play football. I don't know. Yeah. Like, but I mean, you're winning national titles. That's a different thing. But right. I think to tie that in, um, being a winner and being successful in a program or having that success, or you know, kids walking these halls seeing that he's winning those. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just brings up an entire program, an yes. entire community. Entire community, yeah. That dude's a stud. I mean, Joey's the man. Uh, and uh, you don't see that talent. You, you don't see it. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. You know, I kind of feel bad for him because I don't know how many kids are actually going to step on a mat with him for the next two years. Right. The other night, they, I mean, they, they, I mean, they were like, "No, we're good." Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, but in terms of you talking about just building successes, the the school culture, like you know, when I talked to Coach Bates about wanting to get in this Thanksgiving tournament. You know, we. Him and hemmed and hauled over it quite a bit, and you know there's a chance that they make a deep run that I'm, I might go 0 and 4 in a turkey. Tour. But I personally think, well, that's winning breeds winning. I'll, I'll take winners mm-hmm. that are look at that issue. I'll take winners that you know come off and they got two days of practice and they're ready to go kick someone else's butt because they're winners. Yeah. You know, I'll take that over uh, five five weeks of practice for the first game any day, and right. we we just want. You know, we just want to roll out successful, pro- not just the guys' sports, our girls' sports. Like, we just want to roll out uh, getting our kids out there and competing season to season um, and watching them grow as, as athletes and then grow as student athletes um, and the impact that they can have on the community. And now all these other kids that come up, they're just, this is the expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, when I get to Auburn High School, we're going to win a lot of games, yeah. you know, no matter what sport I'm playing. Um, and I think we've got, we've got great staffs here. Um, that that are helping us accomplish that, right? And in terms of you know, you talk about SHG, and you know, I was texting with Beard a couple weeks ago. Same thing, where he's like, "Dude, I have one varsity guy yeah. that I'm going to be playing, yeah. and we're going into the game week." And it's like, "Yeah, it's a good problem to have." It is like, a good problem. <laughs> don't, don't complain too much about it. That. Worked out. Okay. It worked out okay. It went and got a couple wins. I think you know, they're right? doing fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and you know, one thing talking about you know talking to Beard and Lucas and all these guys. 
you know, just just my view on coaching. You know, you get into coaching, and you do. You want to win. You want to. You want to. You want to win regionals. You want to win all these things, and you don't necessarily get into coaching to build a bunch of relationships with other people from other schools that you don't really know. Right. But then along the way, that happens. That is, to me, one of the the coolest spots of this this job. You know, the the relationships that you have with other coaches from other schools, whether it's same sport, different sport, whatever. You guys are we're all in this to try to help kids get better and provide uh, a learning environment for kids that are going to be lifelong to make them successful. And we're all in the same, you know, similar boats. And um, but that that is one thing. You know, I haven't been doing this for a long time. This is 13th total year at high school. Um, but you know, that's that's an aspect of this as I I'm, as I'm getting older and my kids are getting older and. But that camaraderie between other coaches and other communities, and Central Illinois is about as good as it gets in terms of sports. And every and every it. I know, I know you you know it. But it's you know you got to sometimes you got to sit back and be like, man, this is pretty cool. Right. This is a cool job. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I think I've I've gotten to that point where this is a really cool, I'm, I'm blessed yeah. to be doing what I'm doing. Um, and and I love. I mean, this is I don't know anything else but this at this point in time, but. Um, feel very fortunate and blessed to be doing it. I want to wrap it up by just talking about this year's team. Yeah. I feel like we haven't really sure. you know, hit on that. What um, What's different about this this year's team for you? What, what are you excited about? Well, Spencer Rick is in on the court, yeah. number, <laughs> number one. Uh, that, that kid. Uh, Last four years have been a yeah. little, yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's kind of funny. We went over to Carlinville and we're getting in the locker room and Coach Suits, great dude, and uh, he shakes it uh, uh, Nathan Barth's hand. He goes, Barth, it's about time you graduate, son. You know, you know, because because he's been around a long time. Yeah. You know, and um, and we're we're a little bit more different of it. Uh, t- we're small. Uh, we're small. We play some young kids, um, but we're fast and athletic, and we got multiple guys that can shoot the basketball. Um, you know, we could put a lineup out there with five guys that you got to guard it. It's not quite Lincoln esque. We're not shooting at forty percent every single kid, but. Uh, we can shoot at a high clip, and we're playing a little bit faster um, because of us being a little bit undersized. Um, but senior led with with Nathan Barth. I mean, he's uh, you know a coach's dream. You know, he's steady, a great leader, does everything right. Wants his teammates to be more successful than him. You know, sometimes I got kicked him, but you need to be shoot more aggressive. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. but he's just. I mean, Illinois State scholar kid, Kellen Davis, same thing. You know, and then. You got the you got the long hair blur Jackson Curran out there. That dude is he goes a point A and point B faster than about anybody. Um, had a thirty point game over it at uh, at the Turkey Tourney, and I think he's I think I just sent stats in today. I think he's shooting eighty percent from the field. Wow. Um, shooting forty percent from three. He's added the three to his game a little bit, and uh, so we got those guys, and then you know juniors. Alan Kern, Sawyer Smith, Clayton Denardo, names that people hear on, on Friday nights, you know, on the highlight reels and kids that have been around for a while and good athletes and competitors. And then we got a, a bunch of sophomores that are mixing in too. Um, we call him Baby Deer, uh, Clayton Kessler, 6'4", twig kid, but he's he's putting up 8-5 and five and, yeah. and he's growing. And, you know, that sophomore class, they kind of remind me a little bit of you know, the Craiger, Hunley, Tanner kind of mix of kids are all really good kids that are uh, that work their tails off and 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 have a pretty good skill set, too. Uh, so we're relying on, you know, seniors, juniors, sophomores, a wide variety. We're playing about nine, ten guys 
deep at times and um, trying to speed some teams up a little bit. And we've been successful doing that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, sitting 6-0 and is nice. Um, winning the first ever Thanksgiving tournament we've ever got in was cool. And, and seeing our kids respond in a game like that early, uh, you know, I think we were up 25-9 at halftime. And then they go on a barrage in the second half, and they don't miss. And then we go to overtime, and, I mean, I think we scored 13 in overtime, and they scored 12 in four minutes. Yeah. And it was back, big shot, big take, and one, big three. And just to be in a game like that early is kind of, again, why I wanted to get in a Thanksgiving tournament. Yeah. Let's go compete right away, and let's see what we're made of and fight some adversity right away. And um, our kids have been – have shown that they they can they can do that they can they can win those games that it's back and forth and um, but hopefully we're getting a little healthier we're I think it's everywhere yeah. right I mean yeah. we're yeah. we didn't have Jackson on Friday night and I know Dilly didn't have one of his guys and we had another kid with strap and um, so hopefully hopefully all this passes by the time Waverly hits and we get a real real showing of every single team in that tournament and because that field is loaded mm-hmm. um, as always but. I like where I like where we're sitting. Um, it's it's an extremely enjoyable group of kids to coach, um, and sometimes that um, that lends yourself to more wins, other than talent. Sometimes yeah. you know, um, and it's it's extremely enjoyable group. You talking yeah. about you know the, the different classes and you know the sophomores and, and mm-hmm. what you have there um, just made me think of you know when people talk about like on the football side of things, like Derek Leonard and, and like why he doesn't go to the next level. Do, how much do you enjoy the every year trying to figure out that puzzle piece of not only your team, but, okay, what has Plains got this year? Yeah. What is New Berlin going to bring? Or how how are we going to make this team? Like, how fun is that? I love it. Every year? I love yeah. it. You know, that's, that's, that's almost the most enjoyable part of this, you know, other than seeing, being able to put them in place and see them execute a game planner to a T. That's, that's like, for me, you're going to game plan. The kids executed 100. percent I mean, that's it's like chills. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, you're it's 15 and 16 and 17 year old kids that you are <laughs> you are relying on to do it right all yeah. the time. You know, and and they do, um, and they do it for each other. It's really cool. But but yeah, that's that's exciting. You know, early on at Glenwood, when I, I was talking to Dan Rourke, and you know, he's from Eureka College, same alma mater, and Lenny Ankin was too. We're all from from EC and. You know, he was like, "What's your long term?" And I, then I was like, "I want to go be college coach." Yeah. And now I'm like, "I don't think so, yeah. man." Yeah. Like, yeah, you get to recruit your type of kid or whatever, but the fun is taking kids from a small community, and your skill sets are different every year. Your your uh, personalities are different every year. The conference is different every year. And figuring that all out and trying to go out on Tuesdays and Fridays and, and represent your community and compete and win games, that is, I mean, that's the epitome of what this is. You know, like I said, that's that's an enjoyable part. You know, Kevin and I and McNeil and getting in, <laughs> going to the lab and be like, all right, yeah. all right, this team's got this and we got to be ready for, you know, that that is, I love that part of it. You know, it's it's enjoyable. Um, final thing, I'm sorry, I have one no, more. No, it's all good. Um, it's all good. The, uh, you, you talk about you know playing in those big atmospheres and those mm-hmm. big environments, uh, even if it's a Thanksgiving tournament and it's the first week and you don't really know yeah. what how your guys are going to respond. Uh, even if they've went and sat at, you know in the stands at Waverly for the championship or to County yeah. and that gym is packed, even though it's 
two feet of snow outside. Right. Um, playing in environments like that, atmospheres like that, that gets you prepared for regionals. Um, I feel like not only do you want your guys to play in those games and understand that, but that's going to get you ready for the Sagamo this year that is absolutely loaded and may not be, okay, maybe the gyms aren't full every night, but in terms of talent and how important every game is, it's, it's going to be right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's really important. Um, and you know, that's, that's again, when I went back and said, I want to put ourselves in a position to play for a, a title every month. Like, so you're in those games. So when you get in those games, you, you, you know, that, you know, I mean, you look at our regional championship game last year. You don't you don't learn how to win a triple overtime regional game until you're in it. Yeah, you know, and 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 break a 18 year drought at the school. You know, um, but those kids because that happened, you know, and we had kids in that. It was probably why we won that championship game at at, at uh, Mount Peak. You know, because those kids have been in that situation, um, and you you've got to try to get in those situations. To be able, you you said it right. It might not be packed to the brim like a Waverly title game, uh, but but Plains and Auburn on December twenty second is going to be an atmosphere and it's going to be high level basketball and you've got to be mentally prepared to um, to go through that. You know, we tell our guys all the time. You know, you don't care if you're up ten, down to you you. It's next play all the time. And if you're you're pondering what happened before. Team's kicking your butt. Yep. You know, there's there's no rest, uh, especially in the same mo. Um, we've unfortunately never since we've been here been in the Waverly Championship game, been in third place game a few times, and uh, and same same with County third place game a few times. But um, but I think our kids felt a little relief last year to get that regional, and they want another taste of let's go play big games. Yeah. Um, um, and I tell those guys, you know, I think one of the first things I told them after the regional game last year was nobody can take what happened away from you. Like that is an experience you will remember for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be an opportunity to, to try to build the program to where your kids are consistently getting in those type of games. I mean, they're going to remember these games for the rest of their life. You know, tell them all the time. Then you're going to be old fat and old like me and trying to play pickup on Tuesdays and Chatham and being gassed, you know? (laughs) Uh, but, uh, but, but, yeah, I, I, it's crucial. to If you want to win in this conference, your kids have got to be used to playing in big games. Uh, there's no doubt about it. So Awesome. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thanks to Seth for his time and to his family for allowing me to steal him away for some time with him. That's it for this week's action. Please share if you enjoy the podcast. I appreciate you listening. Come back next week. I will see you then.